Fourth straight 20-point game. Beal inside the lane, threw it behind him. Here comes Barrett. One man to beat. It's Beal. Barrett inside. He's fouled and one. RJ Barrett with a chance for a three-point play. Burks finds Randall. Randall in the corner. Harris all over him. Randall step back three, puts it up. Shot. It's good. Oh. It's good. Randall gets the bounce and he ties the game with 5.1 remaining. Yeah. Yeah, here we go, baby. City's looking nice. Weather's warming up. Boy, it feels good that the weather warmed up and we still got basketball here in New York City. It feels so good. And it's not just the Knicks looking sexy. A lot of dresses are out. But once again, it's time for you guys to talk your shit because we deserve this. Finishing the season on fourth place. Man, oh, man. But well, this is the guy, Marcellus Ease, and we definitely are back. And we got a few topics in the docket for tonight. Oh, man. Oh, man. The league is on notice right now. I know y'all peeping the fact that they got a lot of the Knicks games right now on national TV pretty much almost every Sunday. We got like, what, like I said before, man, we got a lot to talk about tonight. Topics on the docket for tonight. We're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks. Do they look a little bit shaky? They spend a lot of money in the offseason, you know? And they got Brogdon. They got Gallinari. But they still look kind of shaky this season because we're 3-0 against them. So we're going to talk about the Atlanta Hawks and, you know, how confident are we feeling going up against them. We're also going to talk about what was the most important move in the offseason that kind of had an impact on our season overall. Not just the offseason, but just in the regular season as far as transactions. Was it the Derrick Rose trade or the Nerlens Noel signing? Hmm. Nerlens Noel, that's pretty important right there. That guy has came through very clutch for us this season. And we're also going to talk about the Knicks' closeout ability. We've seen in certain games, especially against San Antonio, and in the past game today, we've seen the Knicks kind of struggle with the closeout. And remember, earlier in the season against Miami, when we played them pretty much back-to-back, we once again had a lot of struggles on kind of finding our identity, especially on the offensive end during crunch time. We even seen it play out against the Lakers. They were able to kind of steal the game away from us. And then finally, the fourth topic we're going to talk about is has the Knicks this season. And once again, I told you guys we're going to talk our shit tonight. Have the Knicks actually put other players throughout the league, especially future free agent on notice? So definitely got a few topics to talk about tonight. New York is no longer sweet to play here, man. Other teams ain't going to come here and styling on us. But definitely the numbers in the description below. You guys definitely check out the link. Hit me up. Let me know what's on your mind. A lot of thoughts on the mind, man. Let's speak, though. Yo, yo. Yo, what's going on? What's your name? And where, where you from? Uh, I'm David. I'm from Jersey. Um, just wanted to, like, hop in. 
Oh, definitely, definitely, man. Yo, David, man, David from Jersey. Wait, where you? Where, where exactly are you from in Jersey? Uh, no, I'm 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 Bayonne, but I'm not, I'm from New York. I was like born and raised, but I moved out here. You know. All right, bet, bet. <laughs> sounds it sounds good, man. It's all good. Um, definitely, man. I know I know today is basically kind of like our D day, man, because. Man, I'm just I'm just gonna let you just do your thing, man. Talk your shit, man. How you feeling today? Yeah, it, it's it's I kind of like I can't believe it. At the same time, that but because you know, like we've known we've been in the playoffs for a while now, maybe like a week. But like I still couldn't believe that we clinched like a fourth seed. Like when I was like optimistic, optimistic, and like midway through the season. Like, I was thinking, playing. Like, oh, maybe we can get a seventh seed. Maybe that's our limit. Mm-hmm. But, yo, from the way they, like, hit that winning streak and then recovering from that Suns game and then going to the West Coast and still taking half those games. Ooh. And, you know, we almost had the Lakers, so it could have been four out of six. Oh, yeah, for sure. Three straight. Yeah, and then, then, then three straight. The last three straight. It's just been like, even though the games were, were close, they closed them out. And that's all you can ask. Yeah, man. I mean, definitely. I mean, my bad. But definitely, man, I'm thinking we were we were serious ever since, like, you know, we just seen Randall just doing what he what he was doing early in the season. But it started lasting a long time. I mean, all of a sudden, we hit in, like, early February, kind of hit in March. And Randall's still dropping almost triple doubles every night, you know, high 20s. You know, almost seven assists a game. You know, getting thirteen rebounds, and it's just like we kind of started expecting that night in, nine out, and it's like, yo, this. And then you know, once we started hitting that nine game winning streak, that once we went on that stretch, it was like, okay, this is looking like this could be like a permanent situation where we're gonna be looking good the rest of the way. Yeah, exactly. So to me, I, I thought Randall he was playing a lot of minutes. I thought maybe there would be like a drop off. Like I, I believed him. But at the same time, I'm kind of like, going, oh man, we can't be a one man show for this long. Mm-hmm. But he he just kept grinding and like, yo, props well, to him because his cardio game all season has been like top tier. Yeah, it's been a one. Like, but yeah. but you but you, but you know at the same time, you know what really helped out Randall was that D Rose trade. That Derrick Rose definitely. trade was too clutch. That's exactly what we needed. I feel like you know you know everything came together once we got D Rose. It was like. You you saw you saw the team and almost like we got someone that exactly fit in because he was really he really fucking with the Knicks this time. There's a huge difference between you know you see like his, his facial expressions, his his whole aura versus you no know, last time he was here. Yeah, yeah, I think he he kind of had to stop hating his mouth from his first experience. I think him and Russell didn't really have a good relationship mm-hmm. first time around, but then he saw this team. He saw Ted building him into something maybe familiar, and he was like, "Oh, I see this. Let me let me hop on. I can I can teach these guys how to really really do these things." And you know, maybe like the first or second week, I could tell a difference because the second unit with him, night and day, him and quickly, like they have like like they can play together. Like imagine if they had a full year together, yo. And more practice time. Exactly. Like I don't think this team practiced that much together, but having that squad, like the second unit, mm-hmm. pretty much 
like, because the second unit was carrying most of our scoring through some of the streets, like, even before Burks, like, had his little COVID issue. But um, having that second unit to pick up our first unit when our first unit was sometimes was just, like, not that good, like, it, it, it made the difference. Because, like, I, I couldn't see, like, you know, there's certain games where, like, Peyton was, like, playing, like, you know, he was playing his little 30 minutes, 25 minutes. Like, yeah, doing his like, whole his running. whole little classic PG shit where his defense was exactly. okay, but then, you know, on the offensive side, it's like he was trying to set guys up, but he really ended up taking some awkward ass, like, kind of, I don't want to say layups, just contested just shots at the rim. It's weird with that guy. He's been like that since he's, yeah. since he's been in Orlando. Yeah. But your teams ain't, they're not guarding him outside of 16 feet. He can make an occasional shot, but like basically his man will go, go play free safety. Like it's mm-hmm. crazy. Like we can't play four on five. Yeah. So wait, let me let me, me ask like you this. That. My bad. Let me ask you this though. How do you cause you, you spoke about D rolls earlier. Do you feel like our season was made with the trade that, you know, when we got him? Or do you feel like what saved the season was getting Nerlens Noel, man, and that and you know, just before right before the season started, we signed him. You know, because with Mitchell Robinson being out, this guy kind of, he kind of saved us, man. We we can't front because he, because Mitchell was out twice. Like, remember, he got hurt in the beginning. Yeah. And then, you know, he came back for a little bit, but then he quickly got hurt again. And Nerlens Noel, low key, he's kind of been the main starter the whole season. Yeah, I think it's a combination of both. Because to be honest, like, Noel, even in this game, he big blocks, steals. Big, big defensive plays all over the place. And Rose, like, he knows, like, even with the first minute, that game in L.A., like, I think we should have won that game. But Rose played his heart out. Like, I can't say we make it, like, this far without Rose. Oh, yeah, like, I agree. Maybe maybe Randall would have taken us on his back and dragged us into, like, the play-in. Maybe maximum, like, six. Like, I could see Randall doing that. But, like, getting the fourth, Mm-hmm. You can't get that without Rose. And like, uh, shout out to Rose, shout out to Burks, shout out to Noel. They've probably been the most important players that were added besides Quickly. But Quickly is a draft guy, so I can't really. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, I would have to give also Burks, man. Burks is just, you know, this guy, I mean, didn't he get uh, COVID and all of a sudden he came back looking like he didn't miss a beat? Yeah. Um, Burks. Probably he's he's the underrated six man of this team. Like, no, I can't even call him the six man because Rose got that. I, I'd say if Rose, like, rightfully started, mm-hmm. Burks would be the, the the six man of the of the uh the team. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the team has a lot of uh, underrated players. I, I I could throw Bullock out there too. Like, people under like they underrate these guys. They think of them as uh like like kind of like journeymen yeah not as good as they 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 are but yo they've they've shown it like this season yeah i mean they made some big shots both of them burks and uh bullock especially burks when um remember that game against philly when when we had went to overtime i believe we yeah did we end up i think we lost that game but burks was the one that got us into the overtime and then he stepped up and was scoring all the points in the overtime Exactly, and you know we still haven't got that that game on Philly. Uh, like I think Ben Simmons was like undefeated 
like against us. That that kind of like puts a sour taste in my mouth. But uh, yeah, yeah, but at the end of the know. day, in, in that in that overtime game when we played them, Ben Simmons was not a factor in that fourth quarter and in the overtime. Yeah. You he just that's the problem with Ben Simmons. You can't really rely on him in crucial situations because he's just going to be a dud on one side of the floor, which is kind of the main part you need. You're going to need scoring, and you can't really look his way. Yeah, Ben is kind of, he's one of those guys where, like, he's just so imposing, physically imposing. Like, he'll get you, like, within 16 feet. Like, you know, he's going to do a couple dribbles, mm-hmm. get into a spot, maybe hit you with that sweep hook, or, like, sneak his way in the spot. Like, you can't stop Ben from 18 feet and in. But, like, Ben on the outside, nobody's worried about him taking a three-pointer. He normally doesn't take those shots. Yeah, yeah. But that, that game, though, um, it just showed, like, yo, we could run with them. We should have beat them at least once. We could run with Philly. Like, yeah, our defense like, is just suffocating. I mean, we don't have we don't have a, a major guard like uh, uh, Simmons, but our defense is it's up there as far as teams that, like, like, you know, give other teams major issues. But, you know, speaking of just other teams, I mean, what are you thinking about the Atlanta Hawks, us going up against them in the first round? We beat them, what, 3-0 this, this regular season. We're kind of up on them with that. They kind of had like an up-and-down season where they're dealing with a lot of plays with injuries and plus, you know, with the COVID situation. But it seems like they're kind of coming around right now, especially they had a coaching change in the middle of the season. Like, what are you thinking about the Hawks right now? Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of Knicks fans, like, we're confident we can beat them. And I'm, I'm like, I like that confidence. But at the same time, I, I, I'm cautiously, I'm, like, you got to put that caution out there. Because when, when Nate McMillan arrived, it kind of flipped the switch. And oh, that yeah. doesn't happen by accident. So, I think we can win, like, for the most part. But we can't, we can't sleep on them. Like, we know Capella is like a beast in, in the middle. We know, um, you know, Trey Young's going to do Trey Young. But we, they got little pieces here and there that can, like, like cut us. No, I mean, I mean for sure they do, they do, but they do have weaknesses also because Capella, he got, like, a sore Achilles, but I think he'll be fine for that series. But they do have a few weaknesses, including Trey Young. Now, you know, the games that he played against us, he had a lot of turnovers. I remember, I think it was the first one. The first out of the three games that, you know, Trey Young was just turning the ball over nonstop against us. He's been doing that all season. Um, but the, the thing that's been really saving Trey Young this season is that he doesn't have to drop 30 no more every single night in order to, you know, to keep the game close. He got other players on his team like Brogdon that can help him with the scoring. He got Gallo, you know, uh, was it Kevin Hernier? Like this guy is, you know, on the offensive and defensive end is pretty efficient. They got players, especially they even got Cam Reddish dealing with injury for most of the season. They got him coming off the bench. So they, they got yeah. they got players. But Trey Young, man, just overall, like his three point shooting hasn't been as good as people think it is. Like he's been taking a lot more threes, but he's dialed it back because once again, like I said, he he's had had he's had help. But also with Trey Young, I think where we can get him at in this series is by making him drive. He's not a good finisher at the rim. Not at all. And I think if we could yeah. try to take away the three-point shot and try to, try to you know, get him in there going up against, you know, New Orleans Noel or, or if Mitchell comes back, 
you know, we can get him to, you know, put up some some fluky Alfred Payton type uh, looking layups. <laughs> <laughs> I should say. You know, I, I hope I hope that's because the best case scenario would be like just us forcing him into the paint and him getting blocked all day. But you know, like, and, and this is no disrespect to Trey Young, but he's got to stop playing at a rush. Like, I, I hate this game for that reason. Like, the, the flops. Like, it, it, I don't think it's good for basketball, man. Yeah, I mean, but one one thing I have to admit, man, I don't know how the hell he gets as a young guy. I don't know how the hell he gets these calls as a young player from the refs. He gets so much respect when RJ and I see other young players throughout the league, even Jean Morant don't get don't get the type of calls Trey Young gets. Like I don't get it. Yeah, I, I think he because he kind of looks he looks small and like frail to them maybe. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Trey Young he's he's oh I want I don't want to call him wiry, but like he's kind of like wiry. He's one of those. Thin guards and he kind of just like when he falls, he kind of thinks that someone hit him to make him like to make that impact. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like professional with the. Uh, yeah, he's a professional guy. flopper. <laughs> he's on he's he's on his Vladi Diva shit. Yeah, like I, I really don't like that about him. But you know, other than that, he's, he's a good point guard. Like without a doubt, like the Hawks have gotten this far without him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly sure. think like. The Knicks could take it, but we just said they have. The, like I think they'll be prepared, but like mm-hmm. as fans, we gotta know that they have a lot of pieces. Like you just mentioned, Gallo, um, Hunter. Um, yeah, Lemon Pepper Lou. Yeah. I forgot about him on that trade yeah, with the Clippers. So, yeah, so they they can hit us. Like so, we gotta be cautious because you know they, they got their shooting, and they also have Capella who's just out rebounding. Like, are you concerned about like how we're not we're being out rebounded? Because even today in today's game, mm-hmm. like I, I saw Taco Fall getting like a couple rebounds that like yo know, we should have gotten. Um, last game, the, the Hornets game, we were getting like well, I wouldn't say that was pushing us around, but we were getting out rebounded. No, yeah, I agree. It was and it was also an issue in the Lakers game. That's how um, yeah, Matthews game, out of nowhere. Are, the first game, that dude, uh, what's his name? Number fourteen. I forgot his his name. But he was he was getting rebounded. He's like six nine. I'm like, yo, damn, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on. But I don't know if Taj Gibson playing too many minutes. He's tired. Like I don't know what's going on. But uh, yeah, I don't even know what's the status on Mitch, man. Just I'm kind of hoping that he's gonna either come back, but it don't even look like it. They're not even talking about him right now. Yeah, I, I would count Mitch out. Like, to be honest, I think he's probably going to be out for the playoffs. Like, even if we get to the finals, like, I think Mitch is, is out. Yeah, but the I Hawks like but the Hawks are also dealing with injuries themselves because, you know, Gallo got back issues. Um, Cam Reddish, once again, he's going to be out for this series. They're not going to have Cam Reddish, though. But um, they got other plays like uh, Capella. He got kind of a sore Achilles. He should be fine, but... They got guys that got nagging injuries. They've been having this issue the whole season. That's why this season been so up and down. Yeah, but you know, I, I think Atlanta, what, what they've done with the pieces that they they have, but like it's it's admirable. It's the same thing what we, what we've done most of the season with like with Rose out with um, Burks out with um, 
a lot of people just coming in and out of the lineup. Like we we kind of like pushed, we kept it pushing, and then we, mm-hmm. we got the four, they got the five. So at the end of the day, I kind of call it even. They getting they they people back just in time. We, we still won't have one. So. Yeah, but in a, in a way, it should not be even. The Atlanta should have the full advantage because remember in the off season, they had the most money to spend and they went on a spending spree. And I don't even know how the hell you know this season. I mean, I know I understand they have injuries or whatever, but I mean we're right on their ass. I mean we're three and zero against them, even with all that, you know. And and we scored a lot of points on them in all three of those oh, yeah. games. So once again. You know, they do have weaknesses. They're a good team, but they do have weaknesses. And it's really going to start yeah, with, with Trey Young right right, right there at, at point guard. I think that is going to uh, – it depends who we put on them to lock them up. But I think Derrick Rose off the bench and quickly, they can put up some points. They can have at least one game, one or two games where they where they really, you know, put in some work against, uh, against Trey Young. Here's a question I have for you. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about Burke starting – for the playoffs, having Burke start and not play Peyton at all. So we have Burks at the one, and you know the regular lineup, and then we have uh, Rose quickly and uh, what's his name, Mitchell playing instead of uh, have Burks start at the um, one at the starting lineup. Because yo, the thing is, the the other day I had done a video on um, the classic point guard. And the Alfred Payton issue with the Knicks, man, I was saying how, you know, the league right now, they kind of, every team kind of still has a need for a classic point guard like Alfred Payton, a guy that's kind of more defensive minded and trying to set guys up. Because right now the league, a lot of plays right now throughout the league in every single position, including the center, their front facing game is crazy. Everyone can cross over, everyone can dribble, everyone can step back and shoot a three. I mean, we've seen this season a lot of guys getting crossed up, ended up on the floor. You used to never see stuff like that, but every almost every two days, there's a guy falling on the floor getting crossed over. And I'm telling you, guys, guys' front-facing game is so good right now, they're not even looking for a point guard to even set them up like that. So Alfred Payton, to me, he's kind of like the classic point guard. But you know like how in the NFL or in, in football, they got the fullback that comes in for a situational play? But you don't really, they don't really use him like that besides, you know, blocking. I feel like the point guard now is like the new, like the classic point guard is kind of like the new situational fullback where it's like, yo, just put him in there for like 10 to 15 minutes so another guy can rest or he can help set up these guys off the bench. Or maybe we have too many ISO guys. Let's put him in so he can control the pace. There's like a role for a player like Peyton, you know, but. I think Burks will still have to come off the bench because there's going to be, we need more guys to like kind of have that spark to score and kind of have that attacking, you know, mentality because off rip with the starters, you got RJ, you got Julius Randle, they're already on attack mode. And if you throw in another guy that's kind of on a similar, you know, you don't want to kind of put all your eggs in the basket with the starters right off rip. You kind of want to mix and match it. I feel like, you know, that's where Alpha Payton comes in. And in case guys get too comfortable doing too much ISO shit, at least Peyton could somehow control the pace and begin to set guys up and kind of reset them. It's like, yo, you know, stop with all that ISO shit. Let's slow this down. Let's let's get into the groove. Let's get into the flow of the game. I feel like that's really Alfred Peyton's role. It's, it's, it's weird, but I mean, if you look at most of the teams, they at least have one classic point guard on the team. 
even if, even if like you know the starters like Damian Lillard or uh, Stephen Curry, these guys are not the, the traditional point guards, but they have at least one other guy on the team that kind of fills in. Even if, even if it's, even if, even if it's, it's for uh, ten minutes a game, he kind of comes in and fills in that role for a second while these guys catch a break or he kind of you know I don't know. It's just like it's 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 a weird it's a weird situation for a classic point guard in today's uh, NBA. It's just it's weird because once again, even with the the way they're counting assists today, it's crazy. Guys are passing the ball to another person, and he's taking like f- three more dribbles and making a move and taking a jump shot, and that counts as an assist. Like it's weird. That's what I'm saying. Like it's it's Alfred Payton's in a really weird situation because it's almost like he he's kind of getting phased out. Yeah, but at the same time, like he has to be an offensive threat. And uh, one thing about this year's Payton, I don't know what's wrong with him. Maybe he's hiding an injury, but it doesn't seem like he's like he has that burst going to the basket. Like he's going up, and it doesn't seem like he has enough lift. So, like, he's getting rejected left and right. Like, some of his layups are coming short. Like, his shot sometimes is just super flat. So, I don't know. Maybe he's tied an injury. Or maybe he just, like, just lost, like, from that from athleticism somehow. I I really don't know. Like, this addition of Alfred is worse than last year's addition of Alfred. Like, I, I don't even think... Like, if we start him in the playoffs, that people are going to pay attention to him at all outside, like, four feet. Nah, you might have a point there yeah. because his lift, yeah, you're right. He's definitely off. I mean, he is an injury-prone player. He stay getting hurt, but, you know, he got a lot of guys coming for his for his minutes this season. There's a lot of guys. I mean, they had to get rid of Austin Rivers because there was just too many yeah. people. I only, I honestly thought Austin Rivers was coming in to be his replacement. But, you know, things didn't work out with Austin, and, you know, Peyton still kind of played. I think Peyton was playing for his next um, paycheck. Yeah, I, I agree. I was thinking the same thing just now. I'm like, he, he might be trying to look good for next year. Yeah. Or he, look he, decent. He's he playing himself out the league, to be honest. That's what I'm, I'm I see him, and I just don't, like, I don't know what. Mm-hmm. Even his like him trying to get assists, some of his passes are just like sloppy. Like some some of them are so telegraphed that like his own teammates are looking at them like, "Yo, what are you doing?" Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe he's in his own head too. So that's kind of another. But you see, like a classic point guard like Alfred Payton, see in the crunch time situations, you see how we kind of look stagnant. That's where even though we have Randall and R.J. Barrett on the floor, like you know, like in the final few seconds of the Laker game. You saw how we kind of looked funny. Like, the spacing was off. Everybody was kind of like, yo, what do we do? And then RJ just chucked up some bullshit shot. And that was a really bad possession. That's where, like, as far as, like, you know, the starters being, like, as far as them, you know, starting off the first quarter, that's where a guy like Alfred Payton, you could throw him in there, and he would situate that as a, as a classic point guard. He'll do what a classic point guard does, you know, kind of go according to the flow of the game, you know, kind of put in some, like, structure into the offense because right then and there you you've seen it randall is not really that guy when you when it comes to crunch time as far as like setting guys up fully like fully running things like a point guard you can't really rely on him because we've seen we've seen a couple of games this season where 
You just need like a point guard to make that first initial penetration. You know what I mean? Then Randall can, you know, then he could pass it out to Randall. But just having Randall just get the ball on top of the key with like 10 seconds left in the game, it's like, uh, I don't know. You know what I mean? It's almost like yeah. the Clippers last the Clippers kind of had that same issue last year when they went up against Denver. They got to a point where they had to rely on Paul George and uh Kawhi to actually start setting guys up. That's not their game. They're supposed to have a point guard like uh, Kyle Lowry or someone that can penetrate and then kick out to them and they can get a quick ISO move and get a bucket. They're not really the type of guys that, that you know, crossing people over and then setting up someone else. They don't really, that's not really their game. It's it's weird, but it's, like I said, it's, it's, it's a real weird situation because guys front facing game is so good, but at the same time, when the playoffs happen and the game is slow and it slows down a lot, that front facing game doesn't work as well if there's no structure. Yeah, I, I, I chalk it up to ISO ball. Like a lot of, of teams do it because, you know, um, it works for LeBron, but, you know, LeBron's kind of a, he's a playmaker. Like, he's, he's one of those guys that, like, you could do that with. Mm-hmm. Uh, or Luca. Luca's the same way. Yeah, yeah, Luca's the same way. Paul George, I, I like, I, to a degree, but it's not like that. And Kawhi, like, it's the same. Like, yeah, you would you would think like the, they would have that skill, but they're not gonna. They never had the skill to set other guys up. Like it's just they that was never their thing. They would get you that bucket, but they you know their skill was never to take the ball on top of the key with with 15 seconds left and make a move and you know win the game. Like that was never their thing. Their thing is like oh someone makes that initial penetration, makes one or two moves, and then passing the ball and it's a quick one on one. And they make one quick move, and they do what they do. Yeah, I think that's why they tricked um, Rondo. Because I think Rondo makes that situation a little better. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't depend on um, what's his face. Um, uh, uh, Lou Williams. To do that. Yeah, Lou Williams doesn't do that. Doesn't do it. Yeah, he Lou has Williams, the same yeah, game as them. Either, but, you know, Pat Bev is still on that team also. And Pat Bev, he's not one of those offensive guys that, you can, that can create like Rondo can. So I think Rondo... On that squad right now, like solves that issue mm-hmm. when they're in the playoffs. Yep, yep. And it, and this brings me to my other question for tonight. It's like, you know, we spoke about the Knicks playing ISO, Randall and RJ kind of not having any structure in like kind of like the last seconds of the game. What exactly is our identity in crunch time? Like, who's taking the shot? What are we running? We, you know, remember the game against Brooklyn where Randall kind of got called for that travel. He kind of was about to shoot it. Then he tried to make a pass. Then he got called for up and down. It's just, you know, it's the Knicks are kind of, you know, jittery at the end. It's like nobody really knows what's going to go on. And the ball just get chucked up mad random. And then we end up losing the game. Like, what is our, our identity in crunch time? Um, unfortunately, it's, it's pretty much ISO random. That's, that's what we've gone with. And sometimes we, it, it works. Sometimes it's burned us. Uh, I'm guessing that uh, that play in LA is kind of like a busted play because I remember they, like maybe there was like four four uh, guys like up top like by the three point line mm-hmm. like no no like no team gets a successful shot with that wall like right there like that, that's 
when when I saw RJ chuck it, I, I knew the game was over because you know you got four people lined up right there. RJ was right next to Rose, like on his other side was Randall, mm-hmm. who had a guy right up on top of him, and there was another person on. on I forgot who the other guy was. I'm just like, if nobody within the um, like nobody bothered. I'm like, if they drew up a two-point play, like a friction two-point play, I think they would have tied the game and it would have gone into a, a second overtime. Yeah, and it's funny. And it's funny. But wait, before before that overtime even started, remember that shot that Randall took because the Knicks had a chance yeah. to win the game because it was tied up, and then Randall had a possession, and Randall sort of kind of threw up a floater that kind of hit off the backboard. Once again, like there was no real initial play. It was that's what I'm saying. Like yeah, during crunch time, we kind of look a little funny. Like that's almost like our weakness right now. Yeah, I think we're just we're too reliant on him to to make the play to have this one. Like in all honesty, like I think if they had a a play where it's designed like around the other guys mm-hmm. to get it to him in, a, in an open spot, or like him to get to get it to another guy in an open spot, like things will work out. But for some reason, we just keep dumping it to uh to Randall and like praying that he can help us out. Yeah, and then once again, this is this is where I bring up the Alfred Payton situation. I'm not saying necessarily him, but the archetype of that classic point guard to sort of quarterback that last, you know, possession a bit and just, you know, kind of at least do a halfback toss to someone else so they can make that, you know, initial play to get the bucket. But we need someone to at least make that toss to the running back. You know what I mean? To like kind of quarterback the situation, assess who's open, who's not. And I feel like we're relying too much on Randall to do it. And then sometimes I I'm not sure the moment if RJ is used to even the mo- you know the big moments like that where he's taking the big shots. I remember him him say in an interview he's still getting accustomed to the big moments. Especially remember that game in Miami where he missed that kind of layup at the last yeah. second we end up losing to Miami. That was a big moment. Like he's saying he he's still getting accustomed to that you know to bit to the big moment plays. So this is why this this is why I'm asking this question. Like, well, you know, what's our identity in the crunch time? Like our ability to close some of these games right now. It looks a little. That's that's my only concern really going up against Atlanta Hawks because I know it's going to be a lot of scoring, but there's going to be, you know, a lot of key moments where we got to make some big plays, especially on the yeah, offensive you know, end. A lot of people are coming for RJ said for for missing like that layup and the Minnesota shot also. Uh, I'm pretty sure there was another shot I'm forgetting, but like, nah, there's no reason. There's no reason to come at it. I mean, they shouldn't really come at his head yeah. because this guy is really probably you know he's in year two, but year one he missed he missed like the last at least month and a half or two months of year one, and he was injured. Exactly. And it's like exactly. you know for him to be doing what he's doing with no preseason, no summer league again. You know what I'm saying? Like to you know at least test out what he refined in the offseason. Like, because whatever he worked on, he didn't really get a chance to test it out first. He's just quickly bringing it, you know, into the main stage and seeing seeing if it works. Like, yeah, it's limited practice time, too. These guys are just, like, yeah. trying to figure it out on the court right before our eyes. Yeah, so, and, and, same, and same thing for Obi Toppin. Like, can you imagine Obi, Obi Toppin with how he's getting used to the league? Yeah, he looked like a deer in the headlights for like the first, I want to say like first like 40, 
50 games. <laughs> I don't no, blame I, him. I can't, I can't blame him. Yeah, the, the, the game like is fast in a college game, so you have to get adjusted to the speed. Mm-hmm. And now he knows where to be and like what to do. So yeah, and it's like um, uh, summer. You know, my bad. But to bring up summer league, that that shit is really important. That shit is really important. Yeah. Like nobody likes watching it or whatever, but for the young guys, that shit is important. Yeah, they, they get accustomed to um, NBA speed. Like, you, you know, you can come from any league. You can come from the top league in Europe. You can come from the top league in Australia. You can come from straight out of college. You, you think the NBA is the same game. Fundamentally, it's the same. Mm-hmm. The speed is different. Like, that's why some guys come in and they fail, because the speed is different. Yep. And, I, you know, most of the people in the NBA... They're the all-stars of all-stars. Like they've been the man in college and high school. They, they they can do whatever. But, you know, some of them turn into very limited players because, you know. It's like all, it's all off like, the athleticism. Yeah. What's, what's your strong suit? Oh, you can hit threes? All right, boom, you're three and D. Like, oh, are you a center? All right, your, your shot's inconsistent from outside 18 oh no you're a runner so you know mm-hmm. at the same like but you know players the, that know their role mm-hmm. like they're, they're essential for the league but at the same time I know they can do more you know they can do more but it's not a so uh, it's not a like it's not that consistent so that's why they don't do it yep yep I'm wondering the game is just so fast but they don't do it yeah I'm wondering if um What's his name? Uh, some of, some of the younger guys, man, can uh, get at least at least if some of those guys get the freedom, I should say, to do what they need to do from upper management. Because you you look at guys like Kevin Knox and Frank Nilakina, they sort of even though they just came in the league like in their previous years when they first came in, they didn't really get the freedom of just operating. Kevin Knox did for the first year, but. Frank Nilakina, not really. I don't think he ever got the freedom of just playing a ton of minutes and just learning. Yeah, Frank came from that and the international uh, game. And you know, w- one thing I could say about Frank, like I'm, I'm, like I, I, I love him. Like he, he's a he's a good player. Like he's been like with the team from coach to coach to coach. So they probably taught him different things, different philosophies. So he's kind of been like, okay, what do I do here? What do I do there? You know, even with this season, his limited minutes, he's coming in, he's doing what he got to do. Coach asking him to play a couple minutes, defensive possession, no mm-hmm. problem, coach. Like, he goes to the corner, waits for the ball, hits three. He's doing what's asking him. Honestly, I don't think Frank will be here, like, after the uh, next season. But at the end of the day, I think he'll, he'll, he's a guy that I think he'll land somewhere else. And he'll find a role. He'll be like a three and D guy, or like a defensive specialist. Like, yeah, he's he's still waiting for that. He's still waiting for that classic point guard, the one I was talking about. He's used to that system where that 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 kind of point guard sets you up. There's a system. There's a protocol. Like, okay, we got to be here. He's looking for that, but unfortunate for him, like he entered the NBA and the league was changing. Like, you got guards now averaging thirty points a game. You know, even the center is 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 not even like posting up anymore. He's he's doing crossover step backs. 
He's shooting threes. Exactly. Everybody's front-facing game is crazy. I'm telling you, low-key, the league changed the rules. I mean, they changed the way they, they count assists because I'm telling you, dudes are making passes, and the next guy is taking like four or five dribbles and shooting, and they're still getting an assist off of that. I'm just like, yo, how they counting this shit now? <laughs> like, this is weird. It, it, I'm telling you, they changed the way they count assists. They're not counting it like the way they did like four or five years ago. They're letting guys like kind of make a, a, you know, shake shake somebody off a little bit and they're still giving them the assist over that. Like that shit is crazy. Yeah. Um, cause maybe because they know like maybe the, the assist uh, count would, would overall like, drop tremendously. Because, you know, the, the Steph Curry's in the world, the, uh, who are Dame. Yeah, Dame, um, Westbrook. Yeah, maybe Josh. Yeah, Westbrook. Like they, they wouldn't have as many assists if. Uh, yeah, if if, if, the if they counted world. it the other way. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but just also, I want to talk about like, the Knicks are putting a lot of teams on notice. I'm not sure if you noticed, like, the past couple of weeks, a lot of our games have been on national TV. Have you peeped that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like I, I got, I got a lot. Yeah, yeah, because the, the the same network that that loves criticizing the Knicks, they could not wait to choose. Because remember, the games that we're on on TV on Sunday, they actually we're not part of that schedule. They actually had a flex, and they kept they kept choosing our games. They keep choosing our yeah. games over and over. And I'm gonna tell you this: the week that we played the Clippers, we were the highest rated game for that network that week. And they and they had some marquee games that week. They had Warriors, Pelicans, so that's Zion and Stephen Curry. They had Nuggets, Lakers, where LeBron came back, and they had Nuggets, Jazz. But yet the Knicks and Clippers still beat out all all those games. So I'm telling you, man, they know the importance of the Knicks. <laughs> and I'm telling you, other players, yeah. man, they're gonna take notice. They're gonna take notice, and they be like, you know, there's a lot of star power over there. What's going on over there? Yeah, because I think they know, like, yo, Knicks fans, like, the majority of us, like, we, we ride for the team. Like, and, you know, like, our eyes weren't, weren't watching ESPN. Like, maybe, like, how many games did we get in the last probably two years? True. None, right? Nah, national TV, and not a lot, yeah, but. Like, even, even this season, when it first started, the first half, you know how they announced the schedule for the first half of the season? We had one right. game on national TV. Yo, for the second half of the season, we've gotten six. Yeah, you know, you know, even when they used to uh, throw us in like their, their Christmas or uh, like any type of bullshit specials they they would they, they would bring out, like you know, they, mm-hmm. their ratings probably did well. But oh, yeah, the their ratings time, were killing. You know, with us, what with us? Yeah, I, I think like. Like when they used to do Knicks, like a Knicks Christmas or a Knicks uh, Martin Luther King Day uh, type deal, what was it on on ABC? Mm-hmm. Those games I think would do well, but like you know they couldn't they couldn't keep putting this on because you know like we were losing, and at the same time like a lot of Knicks fans weren't watching them because you know they're shitting like it's a ESPN and their family networks. 
they openly shit on this team for years. Yo, they, o- they, 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 they openly shit on because they understand the value. Like, they try to troll. See, the, the, the basically what they try to do now is that they try to troll the fan base in order to get ratings and clicks. That's what they do. Exactly. They're like, oh, we, that's, that's what I was getting to. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they're doing this to try to just get us back. They, they, you know, even that, the, the whole draft situation last year with the number eight shit, with the, when ESPN put up that, that clown meme, I was just like, yo, you know, like I was, I, I was trying to tell like my homies on the next fans, don't even pay attention to that because you know they yeah. don't make it into fun deal. Yo, but you know, you know, it's crazy. Why did why did they put up that clown meme for what? For the draft, right? Yeah. Now, how the hell they focus on us being, you know, the seventh pick in the draft? Was it the seventh pick? Yeah, I think it was, right? Uh, I think it was the eighth. Yeah, the, the eighth. eighth. They, how the hell are they clowning us for that, right? And but yet nobody knows anybody in the draft because of the the, the pandemic. Everybody doing Zoom practices. Nobody really know nothing. There's there's been no college basketball, and at the same time, nobody asks yo. Why does the Minnesota Timberwolves have all these former first round overall picks on the team, and why are they picking first? Yeah. Nobody like, nobody ever asked that question. Like, why do they keep picking first? Why do they keep being in this position? But yeah, we're the clowns. We've never gotten a first round, like a first overall pick ever, like in years. RJ has been like the highest pick we've ever had in years. But yeah, we get clowned. Yep. That don't even make any sense. That that that's just funny to me. It's something out of our control, and then we got we got clowned for. It. That was like, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want you to stand. Yeah. For that. Like. You know, especially in games like these, like today, I think we were on ESPN, but like there was the MSG feed. Oh yeah, like, thank God for that. I, yo, yeah. I, I can't, I can't watch on that one because because they they talk about the Knicks from a past tense perspective. Oh, they sucked. Now they're good again. Like that's how they talk about the Knicks. They never really talk about, hey, you know, they've been making moves, you know, all year long, trying to you know improve the team. They've been you know slowly climbing up. And you guys talk about them from a position of just clickbait. Yeah, they, they, they can't help themselves. They can't help themselves. Yeah, but I, but I bet you all the little clickbait stuff that they have on the Knicks, that's that that's their highest rated stuff. I bet you on that. Yep. That shit, so, that, that shit is I'm, more clicks I'm, than those LeBron, than the, you know, trying to convince everybody LeBron's uh, some sort of greatest of all time, you know, clickbait shit. Yeah. This is why I'm hoping, like, yo, if we had a, if we got a deep playoff run and like this team like hits it out of the park next this off season and like we keep it going, like that's what I hope. Like, so mm-hmm. like ESPN can just get off on us and, and just keep this the, the positive vibe going, man. And it's gonna be like, you yeah. know how San, San Antonio was for years, like they were just like. That, that respected franchise. Or, like, oh, yeah, is, yeah. Like, yeah. You gotta be like them. Yeah, definitely. And um, Leon Rose and all of them, they, they, they're quiet behind the scenes, man. They're not making too much noise. They're not really exposing what they're trying to even do. Like, nobody really knows what they're even thinking. Like, who they're looking That's out, who do. they're looking after. Like, I'm telling you right now, due to the fact that this team finished fourth, and there's a lot of potential, and people see like, hey, you know, the energy. A lot of players that are trying to like probably gonna request a trade, plan on doing, 
you know, all types of fuckery to get out their teams, you know, some of them are looking at the Knicks as a destination. Yeah. I want to, like, there's some people that I would be like, yo, bring him in. But there's certain people, like, I want to bring this up. Cat, like, I love Carl Anthony Towns as a player. Mm -hmm. But, like, on this squad, I don't see him, like, offensively, he'd be great. But I don't see him as, like, because he's not the defensive anchor we would need on this team. Like, defensively, we would go back to being, like, maybe, like, 18 to 20 if he's on this squad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, like, and we would have, what we have to give up for him? Probably, like, four first-rounders? Like, yeah, I mean, but that would be for all for nothing because Minnesota been getting first-round picks forever and they stay fucking up. <laughs> yeah, I think that's on them because, you know, they, they, get, they get pieces and sometimes they just look at the pieces and be like, nah, they'll figure it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like coach, they'll figure it out. Like, not, it doesn't work that way. Like, you gotta have a scheme. You gotta have, like, and you know, this, this is why I give so much props to Kit. To Kit. He looked at the roster and he was like, all right, th this is what I'm gonna do with them. Prep told them all what the defense was and the people that really didn't mesh with the team, they took a, took a seat. Like, he could have forced Rivers on the floor. Yeah, yeah, he could have. And it's, it's interesting you just said that. Like, people would have took a back seat if they didn't really go with the plan. And and that's pretty much at the trade deadline. They were saying that they didn't really pull uh, a lot of triggers to get other players because they were afraid that they weren't going to fit in with the culture. Apparently, the, the Knicks got a culture of just grinding. There's a culture of guys yeah. going into the gym on their days off and just grinding. And I love and, it. And, um, yeah, they they were saying that players that that don't fit in will get exposed real quick, real quick on this team. Yeah. I think a team like this, like that knows like that this isn't like you know the NBA is hard, so you gotta constantly like work on your craft every single day. Mm -hmm. You gotta play for your team because you know this team we don't have anyone. They were saying we don't have anyone that's top ten all defense. That's going to be an all defensive team. Although I should say Noel, I think he should make it. <laughs> yeah, but, I, yeah, Noel should at least be on the. I mean, I don't know because this season, it's it's hard to say. Like I don't, I don't know how they do the the rankings for the all all NBA teams. Like if you actually have to play your position, or will they take two centers? Will they take two point guards? Because no lie, most NBA all teams, especially for the past two three years. They could be all guards, <laughs> starting five. Yeah. yeah, I just never seen them take the centers before. Oh yeah, my point was like this team—they played team defense. Like one, mm -hmm. like I've never seen this team like consistently miss rotation. Like Tibbs will never let that happen more than three plays in a row. If that happens three plays in a row, he's calling that timeout. That's what I love about this team. Mm. You think you, 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 you think that's why Knox haven't played? <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's that's why Obi hasn't been on the floor for more than like fifteen minutes, mm -hmm. and that's why Knox is not on the floor. Because when Knox is on the floor, he misses rotation. It's a lot of time, and you know I, I don't want to. This isn't a, a shit on Knox uh, part of the show, mm -hmm. <laughs> but like Knox, like the first part of the season, he was hitting. They were calling him corner boy cat. He was hitting those shots. And I was like, yo, maybe he found his role. But at the same time, on defense, I saw him, like, he was a turnstile sometimes. 
and he's been ball walking sometimes. Pitts isn't going to let that fly. Like at the end of the day, like if you, if you don't play defense, you're just gonna. Yeah, you're gonna fall you're gonna for, to the, the wayside for now. Yeah, because it seems like right now, because we don't have that much. I mean, I want to say we don't have that much talent. We're not as talented as other teams because you know we're in the beginning of a rebuild. Hard to believe, but I think Tibbs is kind of leveraging the defense as like the catalyst of not having a lot of you know talent, like high end talent. I, I should say. Yeah, I, I, like I think so too. Because for the most part, like when I saw this roster, like at the beginning of the season, like the max I thought was maybe like twenty five, thirty one. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't, you don't see that that improvement from RJ that bad. You don't see Stephen Randall playing like an MVP. You don't see Burks playing out of his mind. You don't see him quickly launching bombs like. He's done this year. You don't see that. Like you don't. I didn't even see Rose coming in, coming back, and becoming like our savior. Yeah. Like, this, this. All these things happen. And that's what makes this season so special. All these things happen. Tibbs is killing. Yeah. It's like, like I said, it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. a great feeling to actually be here because, like, you know, having like knowing people, the fans of the team, and being a butt of big jokes for years. And just finally, like, being able to say, like, yeah, my team's in the playoffs. It, it's, 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 it's not even that. Don't yeah. just say we in the playoffs. The Knicks finished fourth in the Eastern Conference in the beginning of a rebuild. Yeah. That shit is crazy. We, we got to keep it going, man. Because we can't stop. We can't stop. We got to keep it going. We got to climb the ladder and get to that, get to that championship. And you know what? I'm going to be selfish. There's one thing I want from this team. Because, you know, we've, we've had flashes in the pans for years. Mm-hmm. Like, I want this to be the start of a sustained, a sustained winning. If oh, I've yeah. seen, like, the Spurs, and this is kind of, I kind of want to copy them. I've seen the Spurs rip off, like, three championships, like, gone to the playoffs for, like, almost every year for, like, 20 years. And for the most part, they've had people come in and people go out, but they kept the machine going. Like, we got to do that, man. Like, yeah. They, we, we've had so many teams where we, like... You got to credit Tim Duncan, though. You got to credit Tim Duncan. He's probably the greatest power forward yeah. of all time. Yeah, I credit Tim Duncan, credit Popovich's pop teams. But at the same time, they, they knew who to bring in and, like, who to let go. And they and they kept it, they kept it going. Yeah, that's the and thing that because because they, they, they had they have a culture, they actually have a culture. Like if guys don't, San Antonio has like you know of course you know we all see sometimes it's like a joke like you go there you become like a robot but they do have a culture over there. It's kind of like a, you know I don't want to say militaristic but it's sort of like that as far as like you know everyone fly under under a flag. No one has a personality. <laughs> it's like right. you know everything is under like the, that Spurs shield. Right, and, but you know they weren't like trying to sign like major free agents, and they just knew that like the pieces they had made them title contenders. So like maybe we have a piece with Randall, maybe we don't. We don't. We're not sure. But right now, I just think that like yo, we keep building, and we we just we don't focus on the outside unless there's a major opportunity. Like we can get there. 
Oh, there's there's gonna be a major opportunity because best believe there's a lot of players right now. They want to leave some of their teams. Like I mean, because you know there's a few players that are, that are in losing situations. Now you could even look at Zach Levine in Chicago. It seems like no matter what they do, they're still a losing team. I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to pay close attention to them because Chicago can go one of two ways because I think they're going to make a major play for Lonzo this offseason. Wait, Lonzo Ball? They're trying to win. Yeah, Lonzo Ball. I think they're going to try to, they're going to trade for Lonzo and try to make it work with Lonzo, Levine, and Vujicic. They want to keep uh, Levine on the team. Levine's only got one year left. If they don't get Lonzo, then they might be, they might be curtain. That's Levine crazy. Wait, hold up, hold up. Trade. That's crazy. Lonzo Ball with Levine. Is it wait? So they got Levine as a two guard? Yeah, they'll play Levine at the two. Hmm. See, I, the, I see, but hold on, hold on. But 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 this 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 is this is my problem with Lonzo. He falls under that classic. I mean, his defense got to be really good, man, because he falls under that classic point guard issue. Like, had he played in the league, like in the early two thousands, he'll be you know doing his thing. But his for, for what he does, man, they only need a guard like that to play on the floor for like 10, 15 minutes. He just passes the ball, but not a lot of guys need need that real setup, man, like that. Yeah, but Lonzo's uh, kind of been like. Because how he was in L.A. and how he was in New Orleans, it's kind of like two different guards. Like, I think in New Orleans, they kind of made him the, like, the secondary guard. And for the most part, they had Bledsoe bringing up the, the ball. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think Lonzo wanted to play like that. And I think for the most part, like the entire season, he's kind of been like just chilling in the background, waiting to go. Like, he's begging for a team to trade for him. And he kind of figured maybe the Knicks would be in the bag. Like, so- he didn't think we would have the season he had. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I mean, I really haven't watched Lonzo too much because I know he's understand Van Gundy over there. But how's his offense looking like? Because I'm telling you, man, this is, this is not a lot of room for a classic guard like that. Not in today's league where you got the same person you're guarding dropping 30, 40 points at night. That shit is tough, man. Your defense got to be a a a one. Yeah, his defense is all right. Like, especially his on-board defense. I can tell you he's way better than Peyton if we have that option. But, like, one thing I don't see from Lonzo that he used to do in L.A. is he's not driving as much. Like, for the most part, like, he's, he's taking threes. He's hitting them, but he's not driving as much as he used to. Like, he's a guy that could be, like, a triple-double guy if he really tried. And, you know, there's certain games where he pops. Like, he'll go get his little 33 points and like 10 assists and he's like oh shit yeah this is this is Lonzo and then like the next game he'll get like 7 and like, you're like damn what yeah I mean with, with, with him once again it's like he falls under that classic PG the only thing he has a name he has a brand so people kind of get a little hype over that but he's not I don't know even him with Zach Levine it's like damn yo Levine could just cross guys up and jump over guys does he really need like a, a crazy setup, man? I don't know. This is tough. But once again, the league switched up on a lot of people. The same way the league kind of switched up on centers, centers now made a comeback. And now the league switched up on the classic point guard. It's like, dog, what you do for like, we just need this for 10 minutes, man. 
we got this other starting guard that's not even gonna pass the ball as much. He but he's gonna take like mad three pointers. Like <laughs> that's what the league turned into now. Yeah, like like you said, front facing game for the most part. Like the only back in the basket centers I really see that's really like doing it is Embiid and uh, Jokic maybe. And I don't really even can't, I can't really even count Jokic really because Jokic is kind of just like a playmaking. Like Jokic is just like a. Yeah, that dude's a problem. Like, I don't know. He, he's an anomaly, man. He's yeah. Just you, you can't pin him anywhere. <laughs> like, he's just like, oh, nah, you just, you Jokic. Yeah, man, he, he's that glitch in the Matrix, man. I'm telling you, yo, last in that bubble, the Clippers <laughs> ran into that glitch in the Matrix. You know in the Matrix where Neo just, just, um, he freaking broke that Agent Smith in that, the, the first movie, how everything yeah. was like wobbling. <laughs> That, that that was the Clippers. They they looked at they looked at him. He's like they saw everything wobbling. Like he just he's that glitch in the matrix, man. He was looking guys off, getting assists off the pick and roll. It's like yo, should we guard him? Oh no, he's he's not even looking at this dude, and he he still passes the ball perfectly to this open open guy. Like it's just uh, it's it's hard to guard that guy, man. It's hard to guard like him. I said, he's actually one of those guys in the league that you just he like athleticism like. He's the, he doesn't he doesn't matter that much like but he, he just beats you on just like craft and just skill. Like, he, that's the guy that like on any team in the league you need him like yep yep but somebody but, that just beats you on IQ all the time like but, but, but when you have a guy like that that's what I say imagine if Lonzo Ball imagine Lonzo Ball drafted on that team where does he fit in that in that type of scenario it's like. I'm telling you that classic point guard man in today's in today's league is just yo you're not needed for as much minutes you you have a place but your place is like it's like ten to fifteen minutes even Ben Simmons we all know Ben Simmons is good he could attack the lane and average twenty five points a game but it's like yo dog when we in the playoffs like what are you really doing like we need you in this fourth quarter to get some buckets it's like we can't rely on you man it's like. You're not gonna be a, a a main factor for us to win this chip. It's like I'm telling you, man, that overtime game against the Knicks that exposed Ben Simmons, man. He that guy was a non-factor in the in the end of that fourth quarter and in the overtime. I mean, how are you supposed to win a championship with someone like that? I think Ben, what he does is like he's a, a fast break type of uh, like. I can't even really call him a guard because you know he's a point forward. But like he's the guy that pushes the break, so he's depending on the team to miss, and then he he's the, the guy that runs it, throws it to the outlet. He does things with the ball that kind of just gets on his point. Like like I was saying earlier, like outside of like maybe like 16 feet, like Ben is not that much of a threat, but like he'll mm-hmm. get to the he'll he'll get to a spot. That's the difference between him and Peyton. Like, Ben will get to a spot no matter, like, if he's really pressing, if you don't have a double team on him, like, he's going to get there. Peyton, like... Yeah, Peyton Peyton doesn't have that burst. Not at all. Yeah. No burst. Like, maybe he's going to have to go to get surgery or something, but, like, it all season from, from... Maybe game number one, I kind of I look at him like, why is this shot so damn flat? Like, yeah, um, he, he can't really get past the guy. Like, like people ride him, ride on the tip all the way to the basket and still be right in front of him. 
So yeah, it, he's, there's something he, there's something more. Yeah, he's uh once again he's a classic point guard, but I'm I'm just wondering. Let me ask you this: What do you think? Because the Knicks are right now they're in a position where they got Randall, age 26. They got RJ about to enter his third year next year. You know, after a while, like you know, some of these guys they're not gonna be looking to get younger, you know, rookies, 19 year old coming in. And you know, kind of learning and starting all over again. They don't really want guys like that. You think? Do you think the Knicks are gonna take those two 2021 first round picks and trade it, and perhaps go after a guy? Uh, yeah, it, it can go in a number of directions. Like for me, I think if a trade is available for like a guard, like, and I always think maybe I'm paranoid. I, I honestly think that Indiana might be like itching to like shake things up so I think maybe they like are gonna try to trade Brogdon this offseason so if maybe the guy like him like becomes available they can trade those two first for him Brogdon's um, another guy like he's man I, I I don't know like he's another guy he's he's good very efficient very efficient but uh, he's falling into that the old the league is just kind of outdating what he really does <laughs> they don't really need it as much you know, how is he supposed to right. keep up with, uh, what's his name, Jamal Murray or Damian Lillard or, or Westbrook dropping like 30, 40 in that position? Like, that shit is crazy. That guy's not going to drop no 30, 40 when you really need it. Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not a number one. I don't think he can be that. But, I mean, like, I mean, forget makes- forget being a number one. It's just like the, the, the people at your position. They're 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 just doing everything right now, and it's like, it's it's hard it's hard to um to to just say like these point guards now are just a guy that's supposed to set you up, get like three steals a game maybe a block, and get like eight assists. It's hard to quantify those players, man. To play those guys forty minutes, uh, this shit is it's, it's it's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. You gotta have like you gotta have some sort of LeBron James or Anthony Davis down low that's putting in work to make up the difference. It's just it, I don't know. It's just the way the the, the league man might have to tweak the rules a little bit. With I don't know if the hand check or maybe bring back the three point line a bit or change something or make make the spacing tighter. They gotta switch something up because it right now the rules and everything is too skewed towards these guards that just drop points nonstop. It's too skewed in their favor. Yeah, but, you know, the league loves offense. So that's why they haven't really, uh, like... Yeah, but at the same time, the league... For the most part... Wait, say that again? Like, the league loves offense. But for the most part, I think the refs may help. You know, a lot of these players know how to, like, you know, certain three-point plays aren't really three-point plays back, like, 10 years ago and, and you know certain like you know that lean shot yeah like, like even Randall does I can't really yeah that's a good point like, yeah because yeah, th- those used to barely you know people barely got four point plays now people get four point plays like it's n ones yeah yeah back to my point I think the Knicks like uh, there's no way they, they draft them. they got four draft picks there's no way they, they're, they're keeping all four I think they're gonna like either trade for a player, trade those two picks for one, uh, 
the two first rounders, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe trade down or trade into another draft if they really like a player like low in the draft. Or maybe trade someone like maybe a knock and a pick for a better player. And then, like, maybe draft a, a bench guy and use the, the other second round pick to um, draft an international guy that we'll never see. <laughs> I don't know. I never understand that pick, man. Uh, international guy that we'll never see. I never understand that pick. Those picks barely work out, man. Like, they work yeah. out like 1% of the time, man. Like, it's like even Luca, for Luca to pop up to do what he's doing, that's really rare. Yeah. Uh, the Luca ourselves are kind of banking on an international pick, and we we're hoping he works out. But the thing, they signed him to an Austin Rivers deal, which kind of is all him to, to make it work out. So he has one year to, to show them something. Yeah, I mean, but for the most part, I feel like, you know, some of the NBA front office people kind of overrate the international players. For the most part, it's, it's only been a handful of guys the last 20 years that actually been nice. Like, I'm talking about like coming from Europe. Like guys, there's been more Mario Hazonias in the NBA than than Lucas or Dirk Nowinski's, and even those guys. I mean, even Dirk when he first came in the league, he wasn't really that good. Yeah, but if you think about it like this way, like international players that hit hit are like beastly. You think about Antetokounmpo, you think about uh, Jokic, you think about Luca. You think about um, now. I mean, you, you 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 shouldn't count the Giannis pick because picking Giannis thirteen is not crazy. I'm talking about guys who picking like Mario Hazonia with the fifth overall pick. Those type of picks, oh, yeah. like <laughs> I, I've seen too many of those picks, and it's just like ain't nothing gonna come of this. Like you think you found a Dirk, but that shit is really rare. Even for the KP situation to end up working in our favor, that shit is rare. Like that shit is rare. Yeah. There's been way but, more yeah, European bust than anything. Uh, then, yeah, I got a question for you then. Uh, what do you think about Josh Giddy? Have you heard of him? Nah, Josh Giddy, no. Where is that out of the out of the college circuit? Yeah, he's a, a point guard in Australia. Right now he's just averaging triple doubles out of his mind. Like he's one of those dudes that you see and you think that this guy has no athleticism. But somehow he's just he gets to his spots, like he sets guys up, he scores, he, he's made some of the craziest passes I've ever seen, like straight up. And I think he's going top ten. I mean, if his fundamentals are set, he could go because that's that's Luca. Luca is not fast. Luca doesn't really cross you up or do anything like that. But Luca fundamentals is on point. His footwork is insane. He's just getting guys caught. Like, when I saw him made a lot of the moves against Kawhi and Paul George last year in, with the Clippers and Dallas series, Paul George and Kawhi is beast defenders, man. For him to just, he kind of w- was walking on them. I was like, what the hell? Like, this guy is serious. He's going to be nice. Like, that's the first time I, I really thought I bought into the Luka hype. I was, I, was, I was kind of annoyed about it, but then when I saw that Clippers series... I was like, nah, man, this guy, he's going to do damage. Oh, yeah, once he gets used to the yep. league, he's going to do damage. Yep. Uh, I honestly think, like, you know, Luca's like, 
he was special because you know he's that young and you know he, his shot was good like you can't really he didn't really have that many weaknesses that many things that he had to correct so like of course you're gonna take him top five like a lot of these other international players are just they're, they're, they're kind of a little too optimistic on them because they have more things to correct and they have to adjust to a new league some of them have to adjust to a new language a Some new philosophy of basketball. Yeah. Yeah. It's just the oldest shit at once. So, yeah. yeah. They're not too many weakers. You're right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's real tough because the philosophy in in America is, is more individual-based. Over there is more team-based. That's that's why that, that's why Frank is so confused at times. I, I, I knew Frank was going to be confused with the, the whole individual ISO one-on-one shit. I was like, man, Frank is looking for a system. Like, if he played under Popovich, he probably would thrive. But he can't. He can't play that individual system shit that we do here. Because Utah kind of has a um, a system. They have a little. Uh, you know, they do need a point guard too. Now that I think about it, but yeah, I think if he if he played in a like a a pops or like. I don't even know who the coach of Utah is. Um, Denver, I think, has a... a nah, he couldn't play under Denver. They, they, they kind of like a free-flowing offense. He got to play like in a system system. Like, I would say Pop. I don't even know who really plays basketball like that anymore besides the Spurs. Who else is like that? That really have us... Oh, yeah, the... Um, you know who has a system that plays modern? The Warriors, they have a system. And they oh, play yeah. modern. But I don't think Frank... Yeah. Frank shoots good enough nah. to even be over there. Yeah, Frank's not getting on the floor over there. <laughs> yeah, you got you got to shoot better than that. That's what I'm saying. Like Frank got to be part of like a real system. Where, like like you know who make a good coach for Frank Van Gun- uh, Stan Van Gundy. He would make a good coach think, for Frank. Yeah, because he likes the defense. Uh, I don't think he's gonna be there that long. I think he's gonna get fired. <laughs> Nah, it's it's not it's, it's not because he's not a good coach. It's just not the right fit. That's not the right no, fit. You're, you're right. Like when they hired Sam Gunny, I was like, why did they hire this? Yeah, guy? well, I was like, why did they hire him, man? It's it's not the right fit. I was like, yo, yeah. a bunch of young guys. They want to play modern, man, and they don't want Van. They want to run. Yeah, and they want Van Gundy yelling at them for every little thing, like a like a school teacher, man. What's up with that guy? Yeah. Um... I don't know why they tried. Maybe they wanted to improve their defense, but uh, at the same time, like the, the, the way the roster's built, and I think Dean Griffin, he should know better. The way the roster's built, he, he should have hired a, a, a more, like you said, a modern coach. Yeah, he should have hired a younger guy, for sure. He should have hired a young, a younger guy, man. Because I was like, man, Stan, Stan stuck in his ways, man. He, you could tell Zion, man, Zion pissed. Zion don't, ain't, ain't feeling that. Yeah, That's, Zion's gonna be there for a while though. Like, yeah, it's set, it's set up for him to be there. Yeah, the NBA does that on purpose. They set up uh, systems in place to keep guys uh, where they're at. Randall is a rare exception. Like, even Randall, him reing up with the Knicks. That's you know when his, when his contract comes up again, he's not eligible for the super max. Uh, not unless he uh, nah, because he left the Lakers. He's not eligible. Oh, so he's getting just a regular max. Okay, no, nah, that makes sense. Yeah. 
Because if he if he plays one more season, because then he's eligible. I heard he has to play one yeah, more time. I heard, I heard like if he plays if he plays this season and gets an extension immediately, he'll make a hundred million less than if he plays Wait. out next season. Yep, and then becomes a free agent. Yep, exactly. So, Which is crazy because he would have to risk injury and himself for another year. Yeah. That's a that's yeah. a dilemma, but you know, Magic Johnson kind of did that to him. Kind of let him walk for nothing. Yeah. But going back yeah, to Randall, that, man. He did that to get say again? He did that to get LeBron. Yeah, but he also he he could have kept Randall. He could have he could have made uh he could have traded Luol Dang and kept Randall. But they they chose not to. They chose not to. That's the thing. They chose not to do it. They could have got rid of Dang's contract because Randall was only going to hit them for twelve million on their cap. That's nothing. But they just they wasn't really trying to go all out for dude. They they ain't really they wasn't really fucking with him like that, man. To be honest with you, they had him as the backup center on a contract year. Like that shit is crazy. Yep. Yeah, like they they wasn't really fucking with him. And, and um, what's his name? Luke Walton. You know, he doesn't know how to coach players like Randall or um, what's the dude in Sacramento right now? Marvin Bagley. He don't know how to coach those type of power forwards. No, no, yeah, he don't. Yeah, he's like he's like yo. It's funny because Luke Walton is like a a young Don Nelson. Didn't Don Nelson tell Patrick Ewing he wanted him to be finesse? A hundred percent finesse. Like that's Luke Walton. Luke Walton is that type of coach. It was like, yo, you you doing too much. Like you need to shoot quicker and and shoot more. Like those type of coaches, they never understand the talent that they got in front of them. Just use what the guy can do, find a way. But they just stuck in their ways. Yeah. But you think um for the for the for the for the two draft picks we got this year. You think they should definitely move them? You 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 like the the spot that the Knicks are in because there's gonna be expectations for next year. Now that we're you know we're doing good this year, right? Uh, like I'm I'm in the camp that I think we still need to draft a point guard because you know like free agency like I, I never was pushing my chips in free agency because you know we, we were rumored for Van V and that didn't happen. You know, season before, you know, we all know that freaking Durant debacle. Like, we can't think that, okay, even if we offer this player a contract, that they'll come. Like, even even if the, the, the culture is, like, better, we got to, like, at least have, like, a backup plan. So my whole thing is we draft the point guard. And I think Jared Butler, I don't know if you know who that is. Nah, I, I don't know who that best. is. Sorry? No, I don't. I don't know who that is. Who, who's that? Uh, Jared Butler, like uh, the Baylor Bears, uh, won the national championship. There, there are two guards on that roster that are going to get drafted like really high. Davion Mitchell is probably the most the perfect fit for this all for the, the Knicks defense, the Knicks identity. But he's going to go uh, top ten maybe. Jared Butler is a guy that he's kind of quickly esque, but he plays defense. He, he can drive, like he can drive left, drive right, finish left, finish right. Has a bunch of potential if he's like, like being too, if he's tutored by roles, I think he'll, he'll exceed his potential. Like, I think he'll be 
a great backup point guard at least. That's his floor. So I think if we take him and then we, we try to sign whoever to be our guard, like our temporary like number one guard for like maybe we, if we can get Lowry in here for like a year or two. Yeah, that would be nice. Like I, f- I feel like that yeah. should be a priority to get some sort of guard like him. Like not necessarily him. It doesn't have to be him, but yo, we definitely that that guard position has been a hole in the Knicks forever, and it's just like a trickle down yeah. effect. And we don't draft him. Like, and I think I've said this somewhere else. Like, we don't draft point guards, and we don't draft three and D guys, and we needed these pieces in the. And the Knicks, for the Knicks in a, for a long, long time. Like, we lucked in the, the um, like, no, we signed Bullock, but we lucked in the Burks. Yeah, yeah that we, was we lucky. Kinda, I was we, surprised Philly didn't, didn't resign him because he was, there were key points, like, like, peep this, Ben Simmons is so up and down with scoring that there were key points last year where Burks was, like, their scoring guy. Exactly. So, like, we gotta, like, I think we gotta just like draft a guy, even if we have to sit him on a bench for a couple of years and he learns behind somebody. Like I think that that that's fine. Like and for the most part, we don't know. And God forbid, we don't know if Rose will get injured next year. Like if we reassign him, we don't even know if Rose will be back next year. Rose might just jump on the next like team and like uh, he might jump on a team with better odds and just like be like, yeah. yeah really? I, you I, I you think so? Like I, I don't know. I'm like to be honest, like I like Rose. I I think he's like the perfect fit for for his team, but I don't know his mindset. Like maybe like he'll jump on a team with better odds to try to get that championship that he's wanted. Damn. I wouldn't blame. Him. I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, yeah, maybe you're right, but I, I mean, yeah, Rose looked comfortable, man. Rose looked like he about to grab a pillow and sleep in the garden, man. He looked like he loved it here. <laughs> but, but like, like, I just want to, like, guard against the, like, you know, like, you, you don't want to, like, be, like, left with egg on your face. That, that's that's pretty much my, my whole thing. I don't want, like, us to, like, think that we, we already have Rose if he's not, if he doesn't pretend to pay for it. Like, all we really have next year, as far as like guards go, we have Luca, Mendoza, and we have Quickly if we want to play him at the point guard position. But honestly, I don't think we're going to play him at the point guard position. You don't think we're going to play who at the point guard position? Quickly, I don't think we're going to play him at the point. Nah, guard he doesn't. He doesn't. He kind of has like that same. He has like that point guard handoff game where it's like you know. He's not really penetrating. He's sort of like going off a screen, just giving a handoff. But he's not yeah. that really. He's not that setup guy. He's he's like a. Yeah. He's like a. I don't want to say combo guard. He probably is. He's like one of these smaller combo guards. Exactly. But you can use him. Thing, but you got to know how to use him. Yeah. Now one thing he doesn't do that other guards do is like, like sometimes he'll have his head down and like he'll miss a guy like the open. Like he doesn't keep his head up. He's got to keep his head up. I survey the floor. He's, he's, sometimes he's just like too and he's like, how do I tip this guy up in front of me so I can get my shot off? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then this is, this is like kind of the dilemma with that, with the, it's, it's like, it's like two positions with guards that are, 
that the Knicks always find themselves in, but they can never fix. Like the classic point guard in today's era, and also this the combo guard, the 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 combo sort of too small to play shooting guard, but too doesn't really have the point guard skills to play point guard. They kind of find themselves in this these positions. I mean, you could look at quickly. You could look at Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. had that same issue, except he didn't shoot as good. No. He didn't shoot as good, yeah, and I, he, he didn't really pass as good either. I feel for Dennis Smith, though, because Dennis was, he's kind of like highly heralded. Like, he went to a school that was kind of wrong for him. He gets drafted by Dallas, and he kind of thinks, like, yeah, this is going to be my spot. They draft Luka, and then he gets thrown over here. So he's kind of just trying to, like, you know, he played, like, maybe sort of decent for, like, maybe the first, like, month of some change he was here. Then after that, like it, it kind of seemed like he forgot how to play basketball. So I'm kind of just like, nah. You know what it is man. with him? I, I feel like with Dennis Smith Jr., the athleticism is probably what got him to the league. Like he's getting exposed. His fundamentals is off. Yeah, his fundamentals yeah. is off. Is um, that's where Luca steps in. Luca's like the opposite of that. It's like, man, this guy's not really blowing past anybody, but his footwork is getting him past people. It's really his footwork. Where is he landing? How is he? Man, when I saw him do that step on Kawhi and Paul George and they were yanking the ball out of him and he still got the step on them, I'm like, God damn, this this Luka guy going to be an issue. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of these guys, and, you know, you can't really blame a lot of the European guys rather like craft and skill but that's one of the things that's kind of missing from an American ball because for the most part like we're all like you were saying like a lot of people are, are in love with the crossovers and um, mm-hmm. it's more individual based yeah individual but they're, they're not like European guys but are just like alright I'm gonna have all that plus such and such and such so yep yep and then um just going back to the Atlanta Hawks uh, matchup, do we have home court advantage or they do? No, we do. That, that's the whole the whole fourth seed. We got it. That, that matchup is going to be very interesting because I'm telling you, <laughs> with the Hawks, that team is deep, but they've been they've been mad inconsistent in a way. But I feel like right now they're coming together as far as players playing on the court, but. They're like six and four in their last ten games. I'm just trying. I can never understand that team. I'm just like they look like they they're on point, but then they're really not on point. They don't do it consistently. Yeah, yeah and, and that's one of the things I hope we exploit. Like for the most part, like if we can like force trade inside the arc, if we can like disrupt their little three point game and, and make sure that like. They're uncomfortable all series. Yeah, we got it. But like I said, like I like most of us like think it's in the bag. But I, I'm not going to sleep on this team because I know the, the weapons. Nah, got, so. can, no way you could think that because I think um I think RJ. Thank God RJ got a taste of a little bit of the playoff intensity. The way AD and uh, the Lakers were treating the Knicks at the end of that game because that that's kind of a wake up call. I feel like RJ. At least he's gonna walk into these playoffs uh, experiencing championship intensity from the champion, uh, the last year's champions, the Lakers. 
because it's oh, yeah, it's yeah. a whole different experience in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. I'm, I'm like knowing RJ, he's probably like watching tape right now as we speak. <laughs> oh hell yeah, so, uh, they, they, they definitely are. I mean, I I know I know Tibbs is Tibbs Tibbs is a workaholic man. Yeah, you got a real guy on deck, like watching the last like twenty games of <laughs> like the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> yeah, matter of fact, the Knicks had um the Knicks had guys scouting um the Bucks and either the Bucks, the Hawks, and another team. Whoever they could potentially play, they already had guys scouting the team since like I think a week ago. That, that's smart. That's smart business. You, you gotta know what the your next opponent is and who your next opponent like. What are they doing? Like, what are they tending to? So you can match it better against them. It, it, it's pretty much trying to get the upper hand. Like, basically, like you know, football. They do it all the time in football. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then for the game one, who do you have as the guy that's come stepping up outside of Randall and um RJ and Rose? Like how who do you have as like the surprise guy? Is it Burks, Bullock? Yeah, um, I think it's gotta be Burks. Or even quickly. Um, quickly is like I'm I'm not gonna chuck it up to rookie nerves, but for the most part, I think he's kind of like still trying to like shake the rust off because you know he, he missed the number three today. He oh really hell yeah, yeah, he definitely did. Stride as far as coming off that injury, the ankle injury. Um, I think it's it's gonna because the you know like I told you before, the first unit's kind of been eh, the entire season. So if Burks in that second unit comes out and they're consistent. Like we can like we can get this game if they come out consistent. But if they come out flat then we might have a problem. Yeah, especially in that third quarter. I don't know what the fuck exactly. they be doing back there, man. If they they had some bud you know, some Budweiser or something, or they cracked open a beer, like they come out that third quarter lazy as fuck. I'm just like, yo, like what yeah. happened? Yeah, even the fourth quarter today, like when we, we didn't score for five minutes. I'm, I'm looking around like, where, where did the offense go? Like, it's not like these guys like on like it's not like Tatum's in the game like stopping you. Like, what's going on with y'all? But yeah, that's the thing. We we gotta we gotta like have like guys showing up, and you know it, it's gonna depend on like whether Rose works quickly. Like, if Toppin plays, if he can get some good play, like. I, I can say, like, I can depend on Gibson for the good putbacks, uh, good box outs. Like, he can make the, the, the plays that matter, but I can't say I, 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 don't, I can depend on him for, like, 15 points per night. Like, that's not nah, Gibson. Nah, that's not who he is. Nah, Gibson, so, Gibson is the modern-day Kurt Thomas for the Knicks right now. You know, exactly. he's just that steady vet that's going to come in, maybe give you a good solid 10 minutes, and he's clocking out. That's all he got. Yeah, and it's like yeah, it's, it's hard. It's yeah. hard to rely on that. So that second unit, man, is they're gonna come out. Have to come out big because you know it can't be all Randall and it can't be all Roger. Yeah, I'm just wondering how the Knicks are gonna treat this Atlanta Hawks bench, man. It's just it's kind of it's kind of scary, man. You got Gallinari and Lou Williams coming off the bench. And I mean, thank God. What's his name? Cam Reddish is not is not playing. I mean, I'm surprised oh, how wow. deep That's Atlanta is. Huh? 
that's the first I heard of it. Like I didn't, I didn't. I thought Cam Reddish was playing. I thought he was good. Okay. Nah, he he's not gonna be good for this series. I mean, he might be good for the next one if they make it, but nah, he's not playing this one. He definitely has an Achilles issue. Oh, damn. Right, yeah, I mean, I mean that that the, that's from the last I heard. I, I looked it up on um on Roto World, but they, but they've called, been man. they've been battling injuries the whole year. That's that's been the problem with this team. They've been battling injuries up and down the whole season. But I'm wondering if the Knicks yeah, can. I think that's everybody though. Like, nah, but with them I is think... with them is it's been a little extra because. We, with them, they've been battling the injuries and and uh, the virus at the same time. They got hit with it. I think they had one of their games oh, canceled. Cause remember, Atlanta is one of the places that was like kind of ignored the whole. You know, they they weren't really closed. Yeah, the whole state of Georgia was just like nah. <laughs> yeah. Florida too. I'm I'm surprised the Magic and and the Raptors were, were good. Cause you know, the Raptors were playing down there for like all season. But you know. Yeah, yeah, the Raptors. I mean, yeah, they were good. Yeah, that that's a team that got fucked over for 2020 because they play everybody they play is on the East Coast. It's here, Philly, Boston. They gotta hop on a plane for everything because they're in Florida. Like their travel, their whole travel thing got messed up this season. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the that's they the reason why they're they so bad. Yeah, they went from like what, like an hour away to like three hours away. Yeah, by plane. That shit is crazy. It's like yeah. oh, they they. It's like it's like it's like they every 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 stretch of their season is a travel. There's no East Coast stretch where it's like yo, we hopping on a bus. We got two days off. We could stay at home because we just got to hop on a bus for two hours to go here. There's none of that. There's this. Yeah. It's just every day is like it's a travel. Or they gotta stay in a, in, a, in a away city, just to go to the next game. Because either way, they go back home. Home is not really home. Yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, the, the world gets back to normal and they can go back to Toronto and do whatever they do up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. How you feeling about the, the 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 MSG? You think it's gonna be rocking? You think you think they're gonna allow people to fully go back into the stadium, or it isn't like it's gonna happen in time? But from what I heard, I think it's around like 30 something percent, 35 maybe. So it's not going to be like full. But I, I still think Knicks fans are going to like, they're going to come in ready to go. Because, you know, like a lot of us, it's been what, like eight years? A lot of us have been like starving for this. So you, yeah, yeah. You know, the, the garden's going to be louder than most, I, I think most of these, the, the, the playoff teams, like arenas. Are gonna mm-hmm. be for the for the playoffs because you know especially game one. Yeah, it's gonna be lot. nuts. But I mean, definitely, I think this series is a winnable series. But what what's something that you think that we can't get away with in this series? Turnovers. Turnovers. I, I think yeah, I think Julius like Julius has been like great like all season long. But like you know if he's if he's in a moment where he's getting doubled. At the wrong time, and they, they expect him to pass. They're gonna sit on that cross court pass he likes to do, especially if it's the bullets. If they, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that they can draw up plays, especially during crunch time, that doesn't put that man in a spot where he has to do that. Because it's curtains. If you, 
we can't have like these turnovers where like they're running down the court and there's nobody to stop them and that's it. like easy twos like we can't give those up yeah so, and especially to me I mean we can't we can't light up on the on defending the three we can't light up on that at all because yeah, they got way I too think, many guys that can just kill you from that from that from, from yeah, three but I think the blueprint for that is the way they played the Clippers so I mm. think maybe they might be able to shut the, uh, the Hawks down and you know it all depends on whether these guys are like red red hot because you know there's some games where like you just can't stop it like I remember that Charlotte, there was a Charlotte game where they didn't miss I was like yeah what the <laughs> but yeah it happens yeah. I'm, I'm hoping it doesn't happen in the playoffs but it happens yeah, definitely. Well, what was your name again? Uh, name's David. All right, David. Yeah, I appreciate you, man. Definitely, hopefully, game one goes smooth. And, you know, it's definitely been a good convo, man. For sure. Yeah, mate. I'm glad I was able to get on. Like, I've been following your channel for a long time. I was... All right, bad, Brad. I got... appreciate you, man. I'm trying I'm trying to uh, have this open where, you know, I can hear from you guys, man, because... It'd be interesting to see what you guys are, what you what you're thinking, where where your head is at with this team right now, because the team is in a very unique spot right now. Because we're supposed to be in the middle of a rebuild, but we kind of jumped up like two steps right now because with the players we have with Randall and just RJ where they're at, they're not really looking to be getting younger players next season. They're just sort of you know we need more polished players to come in and be part of the team. Right. I still think that can happen, though. Like, you know, there's, there's some players, like you said, there's some players that are looking to be traded. And, you know, they can probably pick some pieces up here and there and trade some loose pieces off that we, we probably have on the team. The pick, maybe. Get some picks later on, the, on down the line. But yeah, it's all possible. We just have to, like, trust in the, in the workings of Leon Rose and Exactly, exactly. You, yo, you nailed it right in the head, right there. We gotta trust in that because sometimes you, you know how you know how things are. Like now that we're in the playoffs, as soon as you know we make a move in the off season, if it doesn't go according to like you know what people think is good, the reaction is gonna be harsh as fuck, man. Especially coming from the uh, the larger media outlets, man. That the the reaction is gonna be crazy. Because the expectation has been set. It's like, oh, we made the playoffs. We finished fourth. Now, you know, our moves better start to reflect that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because, you know, ESPN got an itchy trigger finger. They, they're ready. Hell yeah, man. They, so. they, they, they they go from laughing at the, at the Knicks now. And then next season, they're like, oh, why aren't the Knicks chasing the championship? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> you got to be ready for them. Like to, to me, I'm, I'm like, yo, that's why I hope like we become like what the Spurs once were, you know, just like that model franchise. And no one it's a possibility. It's a possibility because I'm telling you, everyone they have around in the building, like the the Leon Rose, the West William Wesley, like they got really good people in the front office, and then they got in the coaching staff. You know that they got that guy from Utah. I can't, I can't even forgot his name, but he's he's real oh, good. Um, what's his name? Johnny Bryant. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Oh my God. Like I, I read his story, man. I can't believe he he really just came up with his own developmental program, and players just started picking it up. It was like, yo, like, 
yo, you, yo, you have your own program? And he's like, and he just started his own business. It's like, you know, matter of fact, I do now. Cause and it's like, it's really, respect it's really respected. Him, much respect to him. Cause he's made a lot of players. And you know, a lot of people like, even like when he, when he was coaching in Utah, a lot of players looked up to him. Bucks, I think that's maybe the reason why he's not here. And you know, like he can get, like he's a guy that's a, I mean, that can. Yo, I don't, I don't, here. yo, I don't think he ever coached in Utah. I think, I think what it was is that he was running his program so well People assumed he worked for the Jazz for a minute, and then they gave him a job. It was like, yo, just bring the program here. You might as well, because everybody goes off-site and go see you. So you yeah. might as well just work here. Like, I don't think... I, I, I think for a minute, he was running his own thing. He wasn't... He didn't really have no affiliation with the NBA besides the players finding about... You know, finding out about his program and just signing up with him, like, on, on some separate one-on-one session. Yeah, props to him though. He he grinded and yeah, now he's rewarded. it's so, it's like, it's real well, well respected. Say again. I'm happy to have him on the staff. Oh hell yeah, hell yeah. That's that that was a really good addition right there. That's when I like when I when I see the improvement of RJ, I'm just like I'm thinking about all these guys on the team, the Kenny Paynes. Like I was like, yo, the Knicks really got a good fucking staff. Yeah, uh, and even Woodson, man. Woodson, like, he did his thing, like, uh, was it four months he came back? He yeah. He brought the good juju back, so shout out to, to Mike, wherever he is. Yeah, and, and that's a good sign that, um, that you know, other, I guess, colleges or other entities are just looking at the Knicks and kind of picking off some of their staff members because, you know, they're like, yo, they got some good shit cooking up over there, you know. Who are these people that's working over here? Cause you know Leon, Leon really got that reputation. I see. Yeah, but at the same time, I hope they don't. <laughs> I want to keep Kenny Payne, so because you know, I like I like Mitch, and I want to see him here, and I want to see what a full season of Kenny Payne with Mitch with Obi, what what would he turn them into? I, I've got to know. So. I'm and, hoping Kenny Payne sticks around for a long time. I'm hoping Johnny Bryant sticks around for a long time also because I know he's, he's, he's great with the players, especially the guards. And, like, he's, he's a good dude. Like, to have mm-hmm. Ted, like, he's a guy that's like a, a screaming type of coach. And to go from him to Johnny, he's like a guy that'll tell you straight. And he's not like a guy that'll scream at you. You need that yin yang. Yeah. Okay, what are you going to say? And and that, that's a good point you bringing up the development because that's something that us Knicks fans are not used to, is that we get guys and we actually build them up into almost like you know the same way the Spurs build up Kawhi, you actually build up a player. That's low key another way of getting good players. It's like you got to have a good program for the guys to go through. Basically, when they come in the league, we never had that. We always had to go get. Another, you know, team's player that they build up, we just I, we just paid extra money to get them, but we never just did that shit in house. Yeah, and that, that, I think that was one of the fatal flaws of the, the last regimes. Like, they, I don't know why they didn't have that in their heads. Like, oh, what are these other teams doing? Oh, player development. They never looked into that. Like, nah. especially Toronto. That's a team in your division. Like, people wonder why they play so good. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know where the hell they find some of these guys. They found Pascal. They found OG. Like, I'm just like, shit, they just, you know, you know, Masai Ujiri, he's going in. He's finding these guys. They, they trusted Kyle Lowry out of Houston. And, you know, they put themselves in position. And think about it this way. We had, there, there, there are three guys that, remember what you draw state? You watch college basketball? Nah, I, I really don't. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of <laughs> wait till these guys come in, and then I'm, I kind of start to look at them. Then I'm not too, yeah, I'm not you. too big I'm on college I'm basketball. Explain. I'm gonna explain. Like, there's this team, like a couple of years ago, Wichita State was, uh, like they're a team in the boonies. I don't know. They, they were like the Cinderella, the all Cinderella team. They had three guys on them. Cleanthony uh, Early. Uh, I forgot this other guy's name. But yeah, let's just say, long story short, two of them were on the Knicks. And two of them failed tremendously. Flat on their face. Boom. Mm-hmm. The third one was Fred Van Lee. He went to Toronto. And now he's balling. Think oh, about yeah. That. Shit. Two of them went to the Knicks. And one of them went to Toronto. Damn. He's the only one still in the league. You know what? I'm I'm hoping that's our future right there. It's like we turn into that that franchise that takes that developmental card and turn it into something, turn it into something real because that's not an accident right there. Yeah, and you know, like even the teams like Utah, like like they rarely get a pick in a the top like fifteen, and like for the most part, they'll grab like. Person here, a person there, like, and they still put out a winner. Like, that's not like, like that's not accidental. That's like, that's development. That's scouting. That's like, that's one. That's one of the reasons we call their um. I whether he was a scout or an assistant engineer. That's the reason we we, we brought him over because he was able to pick, like, pick things up. Like he's doing it in the, the later part of the draft. So. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Once again, that developmental part is just something that you know, particularly the the larger market teams feel like they never need needed, but you still got to use that. You got to use every resource now, especially in, in in this informational age. You know, because you know you're gonna gonna find gems in a lot of different places due due to due to the fact information is traveling so fast, like. Like you said, look at Fred, Fred Van Vee, how he went to Toronto, and look what he became. Because if, if he went to the Knicks in a certain era, I don't think he could have became what he eventually became. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Because, you know, for the most part, they would have thrown him to the wolves. So. Yeah, he, he, he would have not been ready for that. Yeah, exactly. But with the right people around him, you get a different outcome. It's the same thing with Derrick Rose in the, in the second go-around with the Knicks. I mean, you just see having the right people around from the coaching to the, you know, the management side, you get a different outcome. It's just, it just makes me look back at that Phil Jackson era and just, like, kind of question a lot of things. It's just like, damn, Phil, like, you, you kind of had your mind set on something. Did you ever make any adjustments or were you just waiting for everyone to adjust to you yeah and you know and this is why I wanted Steve Mills gone back then because Steve Mills was not a GM 
we made him a GM. And, you know, Phil was president, but he's still kind of talking to Steve and giving him orders about, like, who to take. But, you know, Phil had, like, I think he had his, like, idea of what to make a team. He, he's trying to make his little triangle team. Mm-hmm. But the pieces you have in place, they're not, they're not triangle guys. Like, nah, not they, at all. None of them were. Yeah, and and Rasan and Melo was a fatal flaw. Like, like Melo, like yeah, he he could work in a triangle, but he's not a triangle guy. Like, nah, nah. He Melo spent like, more time trying to manipulate the triangle than learning it. That shit is the craziest part. I'm just like, yeah. Phil, man, try some other shit, man. Like that. He's going out of his way to manipulate your shit. Yeah, the triangle's a half-court offense. And, you know, for the most part, Melo, he's a half-court guy, but he's, a, he's ISO Melo. Yeah, that's his game. He's still doing that even that's in Portland, good. man. Yeah. He's still doing that even yeah. in Portland. I'm just like, God damn, like, that's just his game. Yeah. You expect the ball to move, like, like poetry? Nah. Not, not with Melo not with Prime Melo on the team anyway. <laughs> no, no. But you know what's funny? We forgot to talk about Collins, man, in Atlanta. Because he was beefing with Trey Young in the beginning of the season. Damn, this team went through everything, huh? This is like the coaching get fired. They went through, you know, their assistant coach getting bumped in McMillan. And now, you know, Trey Young and Collins was beefing. And now look at that, man. They're, they're, they're actually in sync right now. That shit is crazy. I just I, I don't really know what to expect from this matchup because even though we went three and zero against them, I can't really I don't really consider it the same team. Exactly. That's, like, that's, why, that's why I'm cautious. Like, yeah, for the most part, weird. Like, I honestly think like this team defensively you can match up with anybody, but at the same time, they're not that same team. Like, Fibs was right when he said like, "Yo, it's the playoffs. Throw that shit out the window." Like. That 3 0 shit, throw it out the window. Mm-hmm. He's right. They're a different squad. Like, you still gotta treat them like, okay, yeah, this, this is different. This is not like when we played them last. So. Yeah, and, and once again, with this year, here's another thing. Will all that scoring that happened in the regular season due to the empty arenas, is that gonna continue onto the playoffs? And I'm not I'm not making references to the Knicks. I'm talking about every single team throughout the league, because this year has been like a record, you know, uh, it's been record scoring from almost every single team in the league. And it's like, is this really going to continue going into the playoffs? Because if it doesn't, yo, we about to see a whole new game because <laughs> oh, yeah. these arenas ain't going to be empty oh, yeah. no more. Yeah, and this is why I'm kind of I want to pay attention to uh, the Miami and Milwaukee series because like Miami's gonna be like probably gonna be so capacity. <laughs> Milwaukee, I'm not sure what Milwaukee's doing. I just want to see the contrast between those two stadiums and how both teams play. Mm-hmm. If they're shooting the lights out in freaking Milwaukee and there's nobody there, and then both teams are struggling for points in Miami. Then you can say, "Oh shit, yeah, this empty stadium shit is like this." Is yeah, it's real. Affecting. Yeah, but yeah, because they they they've been actually talking about how it's been a record scoring season for certain teams, and the way that they're shooting as a whole team is is record breaking. But 
their losing team at the same time. This shit is crazy. Like this season has been a lot of yeah. a lot of unheard things. It's like wow, like you know, some of these teams are really shooting the lights out, but their record is really bad. Yeah, and you know, like for the most part, like before the season started, like I'm, I, I would look at percentages and be like, well, thirty-six percent is a good percentage to shoot from three. Thirty-seven percent mm-hmm. is a good percentage to shoot from three. We got people at forty people, forty percent. Like, yep. I think RJ finished at forty percent. We have like I think Julia shot over forty percent this season. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can go all over the league and find like people. That shot 40% from three this year. That's yeah. Nuts for me. Yeah, that's crazy because I remember, like, well, when they had fans, some of the best three point shooters were shooting, like, the upper 30s, you know, barely 40. But now, like, dudes are shooting yeah. 44. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. yeah it's like, you know, I, like, Clay Thompson, to me, he's probably one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen, period. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think he's. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think he's ever had a season where he shot 40 plus percent. He's probably looking at all these people right now, like, oh man, oh, wish I played this season. <laughs> yeah, probably at 50 right now. And, and that and, and and that's another thing to look at for next season when they start handing out these contracts to these free agents. Are they really gonna be paying them for what they did during the pandemic? Or what they could really do when there's a crowd around and the game goes back to normal. That's another thing. I'm just like, because mm, a lot some of these guys are hiding behind the fact that they were playing inside of a gym that was kind of empty. Yeah, that, that's also true. And this is why I kind of like I think like this like I want this whole team back minus Peyton like, next season. Mm-hmm. But I think like if things go back down to earth, like the Bullocks, the Burks, the uh, the Barrett's of the world, like, you know, the, the percentage is going to go down. Like, to me, like getting the 36, 37% is not bad at all. But how far? Like, if RJ drops to 34%, are we all going to be on his ass? Like, that's yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it could it could be it could be a, a wake up call. It could be a reality check. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 Especially Randall too, because you know Randall at his position shooting for forty percent. That's yeah, that's incredible. But if he drops down to like thirty three, like, but but something tells me Randall's for real because you see the transformation. There's definitely been a a transformation. Like he transferred like his body. You know, like, he's really been putting in the work. You could see it. But, you know, like you said, you don't really know because everyone's breaking records. And a lot of teams that are breaking records are still shitty teams. That's the craziest part. That what the, the way a team is shooting is record-breaking, but yet they're a bad team. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look at Stephen Curry. Look what he, look what he did this season. And he's nowhere near MVP. That shit is nuts. But yeah, it's it, 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 it's correct. Though. It's correct though. But it, it's it's crazy to think at the same time. Yeah, and you know, for the most part, I think stuff like he probably wouldn't have gotten the scoring crown if uh, Clay was there, or if like his team was like a higher seed because 
Uh, he was he, he pretty much just grabbed the team, put them on his back towards the end of the season. It was just like, yo, I'm, I'm just going to just try to like, do as much as I can to get us as far as we can go. Because, yep. you know, I don't think Golden State's going far this year. But yeah. props to Steph, man. He, he played it. He played out of his mind, but... No, oh, yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. And also, I'm yeah, thinking... I'm, I, I, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, I, I just see him, his numbers coming back down when everyone's back. Yeah, that's a lot to say. Oh, yeah, I mean, for sure. Because, you know, of course, the, the atmosphere and also, you know, Clay Thompson, some of these other guys are going to have to, you know, get some shots off. And plus, I think the, I think the Warriors, they're going to make a trade. Eventually, they're going to get rid of uh, maybe Wiggins, maybe Oubre. Maybe they're just building these guys up to trade them because those guys are way too inconsistent to be oh, yeah, on that definitely. team. Uh, I see one of them coming off the books. So I think Uber, this might be the last year of his deal, maybe. No, yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it is for him. Yeah. So, yeah. Him coming off, like, he'll probably won't be signed back. And Wiggins, like, it's hard to see anyone that will trade for him. You know, the Warriors have multiple picks. I think they have Minnesota's picks, so maybe they can sucker somebody to take them. But at the same time, they would probably they better either have to take something back and maybe give up multiple picks. I don't, I don't know how that shit works, but yeah, they better they better do that because that that Wiggins experiment that shit ain't working too long. <laughs> yeah, that shit is he, not he's working. He's not a too bad long. player. He's just like he's like Tim Hardaway. You know, when, when, when Tim all the way was here, mm-hmm. like we all clowned. Like I'm, we didn't clown him, but we were all on him because he was getting he was getting eighteen million, but he wasn't he wasn't really a starter. Really. He, he's not the guy you put your offense on. Like no, Wiggins, he's not a max guy, but he's a good like like I guess maybe starter maximum. Like mm-hmm. put. If Wiggins is getting paid twelve million dollars, I don't think anyone is that high. I think he's like what that thirty? Thirty plus? Nah. Nah, it's 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 high. Whatever it is, I mean he what he he was on a rookie scale deal and then he signed the extension while being on that rookie deal. Yeah, so he got the max. He got the max for I know it was like one fifty plus for four years. Like it was definitely over one fifty. I think yeah. that's why Minnesota got off, and they were like, "Nah." That shit was a bad deal. Once he signed, it, I was like, "Damn, that shit is like a bad deal." But once again, with Randall, Randall gonna get tested for that deal because we're about to see him go up against um, John Collins and Capella. So we'll see if he can. He he could definitely shake off John Collins, but going at the rim against Capella, that might be a different story. Yeah, especially since, like, a lot of these guys like to sit in the paint against us. And, you know, Capella's not going to go out and guard, like, Noel if he's outside of, like, five feet. So he'll just sit in the paint and maybe come double Julius. And, you know, we got to, like, prepare for that. There has to be like, some sort of countermeasure. So I'll trust Ted. Hopefully he has that in mind. Yeah, that, that, that's a good point, what you just brought up there. I didn't even think of that. Like yeah, they, yeah, Noel can't really stretch the floor like that to take him out of that paint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julius really got to put in work uh, in this series. Like he got to be, 
he got to be on point. The last few games, he, he's been, um, you know, he kind of got dialed back a little bit. But it could be because of fatigue because a lot of these games are, keep coming on, you know, a day after rest. Then you got a back-to-back. Like, a lot of this, this shit this season has been piled on. So, oh, yeah. it's, uh, like, a lot of things I are hard to judge. King. Say again? I call I call Randall the cardio king because, like, how, how many games did he miss this season? One? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, like, he barely missed any games. Yeah, and he's played, like, around 30, at least 37 minutes. 37-plus minutes in almost every game this season. Damn. Got to give him his flowers, man. He's, he's been... Not not just our MVP, not not just the franchise but because he's just been like maybe the Yo, well I said. won't say league MVP, but you know, I am a little biased. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely most improved player, but I mean yeah. they they they're most likely gonna give that award to, to, to Jokic. He deserves it. Yeah, he, he, I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but you know, Adam should get some votes. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> Now nah, I'm pretty sure he'll 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 get a vote. He'll probably get a vote the same way Melo got a vote. Cause Melo Melo got that that dude just voted. He LeBron could have been the first unanimous MVP. That dude voted for Melo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you almost forgot about that. Man. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just remember that. I was like, yo, like, yeah. yeah. But you know, you know what? With, with some of these votings, they gotta start exposing the names, like who this person voted for this person. Because some of these votes, they got to be explanation for them. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying this year, but just overall. Sometimes yeah. they got to explain some of these votes because what are they looking at? Yeah, a lot of these writing info, they, they probably won't want to come out of hiding unless they can like unless a story behind it that it can get people to read. Yeah, because to me, because like ESPN and lost themselves or something. Yeah, because to me, the great area started with that Westbrook MVP year. It was like, uh, I thought Harden was MVP. No, that's just me. I'm like, yeah, the, the triple doubles was what's up. Like, I guess he's the first person to do it in a long time, but the rules are also different. And look at where they look at their seating. Didn't didn't Donovan Mitchell that that season eliminate them in the first round? Like, oh yeah. Yeah, so I was like, you know, even before that, I was like, Westbrook MVP? That shit never sit well with me. I was like, I don't know about that. Because he had help. To me, it's not like it's not like yeah. Westbrook was sitting there. He had Melo and he had Paul George. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I don't think it was that year. No, Melo and Paul no, George. I think it was the year before. Yeah, it was the year before. Yeah, but they, they were like, what, the six seed or something? And James Harden was killing yeah. the whole year, and it was first place. I was like, "Yo, James Harden MVP?" No, they gave it to Westbrook. I was like, yeah. "That should that that was the first time I was like, whoa, they open a gray area now. Now you don't have to have the best record, like you don't because before all you had to do is you had to have been putting up great points or great uh, stats and have like you know at least a top two or three record. Now, man, you ain't got to even be top five in your conference." You get an MVP? Like, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. But, man, I appreciate you, David. I'm definitely going to holler at you. Probably going to close this out. But it's definitely good chats, man. Um, definitely going to 
do more of these like kind of open sessions so I could hear from you guys. Um, I was gonna say, was it game one? When is game one on? We get like a week off. Yeah, it's like a whole week. We might play Saturday or Sunday, so we got away from schedule. Yeah, I'm hoping that's gonna be a good thing for us. Maybe you guys don't get rested, but we'll see how to, how that goes. Nah, man. Thank you for having me. All appreciate right, definitely, you. man. I appreciate you, man. Enjoy your night. Yeah, you Yo, definitely pay attention to the emails. Um, I'm a, I'm gonna send you more alerts when I do more open shows like this. You can hit me up. I'll be glad to uh, hear from you. Gotcha, man. All right, man. Stay up. All right, you guys. I'm basically gonna call it a night. Just uh, definitely check out on the playlist channel. Well, not the playlist channel, but definitely check out on the channel. There's playlists of other. Uh, videos I do, it may not come up on your feed. And definitely, once again, sign up for the email list so I can send you guys alerts because sometimes you guys don't get notified when I go live. And it is what it is. Hopefully, game one goes smooth. And until next time, you guys stay safe. This is your guy, Marcellus Ease. Peace.